Welcome back to the Daily Bible Reading Podcast. I'm your host, Logan. Today is day number 42, and we're going to be looking at Exodus chapter 36 to 38. I'm so glad you're here with me today. Let's pray as we get started. Heavenly Father, we bow before your holiness today. As we have been reading in Exodus and will continue today, we see that you take worship very seriously. And you intend it to be something that is not just genuine and heartfelt and authentic, but that is sacrificial. That you are unique among the entire universe. That we are fallen and impure and that you, O God, are holy, and that on our own we cannot become pure. You in your mercy and grace have given us a way in which to come near to you, to draw closer to you. But Lord, the blood of lambs and bulls can only do so much to cover the infinite stain of our sin against you, an infinitely holy God. Lord, you require justice. So God, we are so thankful that you not only provided a way for you to have a place in a tabernacle in the wilderness with your people, but that you tabernacled among us in your son, Jesus Christ that we can draw near to you, O God, through the precious blood of your Son. Shed not like rams and goats and bulls every day, but shed one time for all your children, that they may come close once and for all and know you. Know you in a way that no one in the Old Testament was able to see or know you because we have beheld your face in the face of Jesus Christ. And so God, as we draw near to you today, as we come to your word, God, we confess our sins. We humble our hearts before you and we admit that we are so far from you. We admit that Our hearts are often fickle and idolatrous, the way that the Israelites were there on Mount Sinai. Just after a day of being away from you, I feel my heart pulling towards golden calves that I surround myself with. Lord, draw me back to you. Pull my ever-wandering heart back to you that I might find satisfaction in your holy presence. Oh God, we come to your word now and we ask that you would open up our eyes, that you would regenerate our hearts. Speak to us using the mind of Christ that we have received at our salvation and help us to read your word with fresh eyes, to see Christ displayed within its pages as the disciples saw after Jesus' resurrection, that the entire word, all scripture is revealing you, O Jesus. And so we pray that as we read, whether it is an, an intriguing story, 
or what seems at first glance to be a listing of mundane detail. God, we pray that you would help us to see truth in your word, to behold it for what it is, not just so we can add it to a a list of facts in our mind, but so that it might transform our heart. Truth changes us. You are truth, and we seek to worship you in spirit and in truth. Oh God, we humble ourselves before you. We ask that you would unite our hearts to you, oh God. Take away our divided heart, our heart that is so quick to run to other gods, to other idols, to other pleasures, and help us to find full and lasting satisfaction in you, O God. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. All right, here we go with chapter 36 to 38 of Exodus. I've got my English Standard Version ready. Hope you're following along in your Bible. Hey, while you're at it, let me know on social media, what Bible version do you use? Do you use English Standard or NIV or NASB or King James? What's your favorite Bible version? Let me know over in the Facebook group. All right, here we go. Let's get started. Chapter 36. Bezalel and Aholiab, and every craftsman in whom the Lord has put skill and intelligence to know how to do any work in the construction of the sanctuary, shall work in accordance with all that the Lord has commanded. And Moses called Bezalel and Aholiab, and every craftsman in whose mind the Lord had put skill, and they received from Moses all the contribution that the people of Israel had brought for doing the work on the sanctuary. They still kept bringing him freewill offerings every morning so that all the craftsmen who were doing every sort of task on the sanctuary came, each from the task that he was doing, and said to Moses, The people bring much more than enough for doing the work that the Lord has commanded us to do. So Moses gave command, and word was proclaimed throughout the camp, Let no man or woman do anything more for the contribution for the sanctuary. So the people were restrained from bringing, for the material they had was sufficient to do all the work and more. And all the craftsmen among the workmen made the tabernacle with ten curtains. They were made of fine twined linen and blue and purple and scarlet yarns, with cherubim skillfully worked. The length of each curtain was twenty-eight cubits, and the breadth of each curtain four cubits. All the curtains were the same size. He coupled five curtains to one another, and the other five curtains he coupled to one another. He made loops of blue on the edge of the outermost curtain of the first set. Likewise, he made them on the edge of the outermost curtain of the second set. He made fifty loops on the one curtain, and he made fifty loops on the edge of the curtain that was in the second set. The loops were opposite one another. And he made fifty clasps of gold, and coupled the curtains one to another with clasps. So the tabernacle was a single whole. He also made curtains of goat's hair, for a tent over the tabernacle. He made eleven curtains. The length of each curtain was thirty cubits, and the breadth of each curtain four cubits. The eleven curtains were the same size. He coupled five curtains by themselves, and six curtains by themselves. And he made fifty loops on the edge of the outermost curtain of the one set, and fifty loops on the edge of the other connecting curtain. And he made fifty clasps of bronze to couple the tent together, so that it might be a single whole and he made for the tent a covering of tanned ram skins and goat skins. 
Then he made the upright frames for the tabernacle, of acacia wood. Ten cubits was the length of a frame, and a cubit and a half the breadth of each frame. Each frame had two tenons for fitting together. He did this for all the frames of the tabernacle. The frames for the tabernacle he made thus, twenty frames for the south side, and he made forty bases of silver under the twenty frames, two bases under one frame for its two tenons, and two bases under the next frame for its two tenons. For the second side of the tabernacle, on the north side, he made twenty frames, and there forty bases of silver, two bases under one frame, and two bases under the next frame. For the rear of the tabernacle, westward, he made six frames. He made two frames for corners of the tabernacle in the rear, and they were separate beneath, but joined at the top, at the first ring. He made two of them this way for the two corners. There were eight frames with their bases of silver, sixteen bases, under every frame, two bases. He made bars of acacia wood, five for the frames of the one side of the tabernacle, and five bars for the frames of the other side of the tabernacle, and five bars for the frames of the tabernacle at the rear westward. And he made the middle bar to run from end to end, halfway up the frames. And he overlaid the frames with gold, and made their rings of gold for holders for the bars, and overlaid the bars with gold. He made the veil of blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine-twined linen. With cherubim skillfully worked into it, he made it. And for it he made four pillars of acacia, and overlaid them with gold. Their hooks were of gold, and he cast for them four bases of silver. He also made a screen for the entrance of the tent, of blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine-twined linen, embroidered with needlework, and its five pillars with their hooks. He overlaid their capitals, and their fillets were of gold, but their five bases were of bronze. Chapter 37 Bezalel made the ark of acacia wood. Two cubits and a half was its length, a cubit and a half its breadth, and a cubit and a half its height. And he overlaid it with pure gold inside and outside, and made a molding of gold around it. And he cast for it four rings of gold for its four feet, two rings on its one side and two rings on its other side. And he made poles of acacia wood and overlaid them with gold and put the poles into the rings on the sides of the ark to carry the ark. And he made a mercy seat of pure gold. Two cubits and a half was its length and a cubit and a half its breadth. He made the two cherubim of gold. He made them of hammered work on the two ends of the mercy seat, one cherub on the one end and one cherub on the other end. Of one piece with the mercy seat, he made the cherubim on its two ends. The cherubim spread out their wings above, overshadowing the mercy seat with their wings, with their faces one to another toward the mercy seat were the faces of the cherubim. He also made the table of acacia wood. Two cubits was its length, a cubit its breadth, and a cubit and a half its height. And he overlaid it with pure gold and made a molding of gold around it. And he made a rim around it, a handbreadth wide, and made a molding of gold around the rim. He cast for it four rings of gold and fastened the rings to the four corners at its four legs. Close to the frame were the rings, as holders for the poles to carry the table. He made the poles of acacia wood to carry the table, and overlaid them with gold. And he made the vessels of pure gold that were to be on the table, its plates and dishes for incense, and its bowls and flagons with which to pour drink offerings. He also made the lampstand of pure gold. He made the lampstand of hammered work, 
Its base, its stem, its cups, its calyxes, and its flowers were of one piece with it. And there were six branches going out of its sides, three branches of the lampstand out of one side of it, and three branches of the lampstand out of the other side of it. Three cups made like almond blossoms, each with calyx and flower, on one branch, and three cups made like almond blossoms, each with calyx and flower, on the other branch. So for the six branches going out of the lampstand. And on the lampstand itself were four cups made like almond blossoms, with their calyxes and flowers, and a calyx of one piece with it under each pair of the six branches going out of it. Their calyxes and their branches were of one piece with it. The whole of it was a single piece of hammered work of pure gold. And he made its seven lamps and its tongs and its trays of pure gold. And he made it and all its utensils out of a talent of pure gold. He made the altar of incense of acacia wood. Its length was a cubit and its breadth was a cubit. It was square and two cubits was its height. Its horns were of one piece with it. He overlaid it with pure gold, its top and around its sides and its horns, and he made a molding of gold around it, and made two rings of gold on it under its molding, on two opposite sides of it, as holders for the poles with which to carry it. And he made the poles of acacia wood, and overlaid them with gold. He made the holy anointing oil also, and the pure fragrant incense, blended as by the perfumer. Chapter 38 He made the altar of burnt offering of acacia wood. Five cubits was its length, and five cubits its breadth. It was square, and three cubits was its height. He made horns for it on its four corners. Its horns were of one piece with it, and he overlaid it with bronze. And he made all the utensils of the altar, the pots, the shovels, the basins, the forks, and the firepans. He made all its utensils of bronze, and he made for the altar a grating, a network of bronze, under its ledge, extending halfway down. He cast four rings on the four corners of the bronze grating, as holders for the poles. He made the poles of acacia wood, and overlaid them with bronze. He put the poles through the rings on the sides of the altar, to carry it with them. He made it hollow, with boards. He made the basin of bronze and its stand of bronze from the mirrors of the ministering women who ministered in the entrance of the tent of meeting. And he made the court. For the south side, the hangings of the court were of fine twined linen, a hundred cubits. Their twenty pillars and their twenty bases were of bronze, but the hooks of the pillars and their fillets were of silver. And for the north side, there were hangings of a hundred cubits, Their twenty pillars and their twenty bases were of bronze, but the hooks of the pillars and their fillets were of silver. And for the west side were hangings of fifty cubits. Their ten pillars and their ten bases, the hooks of the pillars and their fillets, were of silver. And for the front, to the east, fifty cubits. The hangings for the one side of the gate were fifteen cubits, with their three pillars and three bases, and so for the other side. On both sides of the gate of the court were hangings of fifteen cubits, with their three pillars and their three bases. All the hangings around the court were of fine twined linen, and the bases for the pillars were of bronze, but the hooks of the pillars and their fillets were of silver. The overlaying of their capitals was also of silver, and all the pillars of the court were filleted with silver. 
and the screen for the gate of the court was embroidered with needlework in blue and purple and scarlet yarn and fine twined linen. It was twenty cubits long and five cubits high in its breadth, corresponding to the hangings of the court. And their pillars were four in number. Their four bases were of bronze, their hooks of silver, and the overlaying of their capitals and their fillets of silver. And all the pegs for the tabernacle and for the court all around were of bronze. These are the records of the tabernacle, the tabernacle of the testimony, as they were recorded at the commandment of Moses. The responsibility of the Levites under the direction of Ithamar, the son of Aaron, the priest. Bezalel, the son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, made all that the Lord commanded Moses. And with him was Aholiab, the son of Ahisamach, of the tribe of Dan, an engraver and designer and embroiderer in blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twined linen. All the gold that was used for the work, in all the construction of the sanctuary, the gold from the offering was twenty-nine talents and seven hundred thirty shekels by the shekel of the sanctuary. The silver from those of the congregation who were recorded was a hundred talents and one thousand seven hundred and seventy-five shekels by the shekel of the sanctuary. A becca a head, that is, half a shekel by the shekel of the sanctuary, for everyone who was listed in the records, from twenty years old and upward, for six hundred and three thousand five hundred and fifty men. The hundred talents of silver were for casting the bases of the sanctuary and the bases of the veil, a hundred bases for the hundred talents, a talent a base. And of the 1,775 shekels, he made hooks for the pillars and overlaid their capitals and made fillets for them. The bronze that was offered was 70 talents and 2,400 shekels. With it, he made the bases for the entrance of the tent of meeting the bronze altar and the bronze grating for it, and all the pencils of the altar, the bases around the court and the bases of the gate of the court, all the pegs of the tabernacle and all the pegs around the court. So this passage may feel like deja vu all over again. You're like, we've heard all of these descriptions before, right? Yes, yes we have, and that's the point. We've seen these descriptions coming from the mouth of God to Moses while he was up on Mount Sinai, but now we are seeing those same exact specifications being put into practice by the craftsmen that God has chosen. And we see the contributions for the tabernacle and all of its furnishings coming from the people, coming out of the abundance of wealth that they had received from Egypt, even after they had already made a golden calf. There is a tremendous amount of wealth here being poured into this tabernacle uh, to be a glorious and splendorous place for the glory of God to dwell. As a matter of fact, we see the contributions going so well here that Moses has to stop things. This seems very foreign to modern readers uh, and even to pastors who are used to having to kind of beg for year-end gifts and helping to meet church budgets. But here, 
Everything that was needed is cared for, plus more, to the point that Moses has to come to the people and say, please, stop giving. Everything has been given that is needed. All the people are responding generously to create this tabernacle in the wilderness. This is a tremendously successful building program that was done completely debt-free. And as we read, I hope you took a moment just to take in some of the detail and some of the artisanship that would have been done in this tabernacle. Uh, Take, for instance, simply the lampstand. This lampstand would have been made of pure gold. Probably about 75 pounds would have been what a talent of gold weighed. 75 pounds of gold. And this lampstand is probably meant with its ornamenting and and references to plants, uh, a tree. It's supposed to look like and feel like a tree that might call your mind back to the Garden of Eden because this tabernacle is like Eden. It is a place where God has touched down to earth and you're seeing heaven and earth come together in this place. You'll also notice in chapter 38 The reference to the amount of people that were here in Israel, taken in this census, 603,000 plus people. Now, many scholars would look at this and at archaeological evidence and would say that this number is simply not possible. However, this number is consistent with the roughly 600,000 men that we saw leaving at the Exodus, and it's going to be confirmed again in the book of Numbers, where we see it listed as about 601,000, not including the Levites. And so while I don't pretend to have all of the answers here, I am going to trust God's word that this is an accurate representation of the people of Israel during this time. One possible solution that biblical scholars have put forward to this number problem is that the word for thousand can be used to refer to a clan or a group. With that in mind, back at the Exodus when we saw 600,000, that would seem to say that there are 600 clans that are coming out. Uh, That could be a potential interpretation that would put the numbers at a more reasonable level for this time period. However, 600,000 slaves leaving Egypt would have been a blight upon Egypt's history, and they would have likely spun the story to show their strength and not their weakness. And these are nomadic peoples that are moving throughout these regions and not leaving behind houses and dwellings and temples, things that would normally be seen in archaeology. Regardless, this number issue is not a significant issue when it comes to our interpretation of Scripture as a whole. The fact of the matter remains that the Israelites did come up out of Egypt and did meet at Mount Sinai. They did construct this tabernacle and receive the law of God, and they are going to march forward towards Canaan by the leadership of God, and they are going to take the land as we get into the book of Joshua. Tomorrow, we are going to be finishing up the book of Exodus. Can you believe it? We've already come this far that we're finishing the book of Exodus. And so I look forward to that. Until then, Keep reading, 
keep beholding the God in the pages of the Bible and continue to worship him in spirit and in truth.